Hi, this is Sarah Cavell from EI Focus. Thank you for joining us today on the Focused Athlete Podcast. Today we're talking to my friend, Sasha Dingle. She is a professional skier and mountain biker. She's also the founder and director of the Mountain Mind Project. She practices mindfulness and meditation and just has so much to share with us. In our conversation, she talks about resiliency and and having almost too much resiliency and the importance of staying present and tuning into the body, what can be felt. She talks about positivity and how that affects her as an athlete and how she tries to look for the learning, even when things go in ways that she doesn't want them to. So when things get tough, how can you bring out the positive, bring out the learning in, in the situations? And then she talks about this deep belief that you belong in your sport regardless of results and how important that is. So enjoy this conversation. Sasha is just a wonderful human and I'm really excited to share this conversation with all of you. Hi, Sasha. How's it going this morning? So good to be with you. Uh, Thank you so much for being here today with EI Focus. We're really excited to learn a little bit about you and how you bring mindfulness and focus and emotional intelligence into your world as an athlete and also in your professional life. And I would love to just introduce you to everybody. And this is Sasha Dingle. Sasha is a mountain bike and freestyle skier, uh, has been doing both for most all of her life. She is part of the um, Free Ride World Tour, which is the highest level of freestyle skiing um, that an athlete can get to, to be part of this. And she was also part of the, um, she's an enduro rider, which is so hardcore. It's amazing. Um, mountain biker and, and she focuses in on enduro riding and she was part of the enduro world series in 2019. Uh, she's been a skier though. That's seems like that's where your heart has been most of your life. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I can feel it. Sasha is also a professional in this world of mindfulness. She is the executive director of Mountain Mind Project, where she works with people on mindfulness for resilience and peak performance. She is a mindfulness-based stress reduction teacher, and she's also uh, an MPEAK instructor. So we are really excited to hear about how you incorporate mindfulness, emotional intelligence, uh, into your sports and just can't wait to hear more. So maybe we can start off with, you know, in the world of athletics, especially at your level, not only at your level of competition, but the sports that you've chosen, which are some of the most uh, extreme. How do you manage your, your emotions when you're in the middle of your sport? Yeah. Oh, um, well, I'm really excited to get to have this conversation with you, Sarah, because it's fun to get to put my athlete lens back on looking at this work, you know? So I, um, I mean, emotions, I think, deserve a lot of respect 
in extreme sports, in all sports, um, but in the environments that I'm in, in the mountains for these sports, they're inherently risky. You know, we've, I learned pretty young that there is risk involved. Um, the community loses people. I've lost friends to these sports. And so emotions are um, what give you information. And then also it's something that I have to be able to manage. You know, there, when I'm at the top of the line, when I'm in a start gate, I actually can't have my emotions be taking over my whole experience. And so there is a, a huge degree of managing around them, kind of putting them aside, putting thoughts aside, really grounding in my body um, before I go. That kind of helps me prime for flow or prime for when I'm in the zone. Um, but at the same time, I can't ignore emotions because fear especially is a really key emotion in that environment. And you just, like I've had to, over my career, get really intimate with fear because it'll show up and I can't just push it away if it's fear telling me today is not the day, it's time to back off. Or maybe it's fear because it looks scary and any normal human would look at this line and feel fear, but it's so within my ability and I'm going to stop myself short if I pull back that day. So it's like, I think being in a relationship with emotions and then managing them, following that. What are some ways, like if somebody, someone listening to you now going, okay, well, how do you know? Because sometimes we get on this autopilot where we're, we know our sport so well, we just go without really thinking about how these emotions that you're talking about. And so what is like some way that you notice that you're feeling scared, for instance? Yeah, I mean, I actually, don't just go. I had, even when I was in high school ski racing, I had a really meticulous routine that I went through every single time before I stepped into the start gate. And then when I started competing in free skiing, I took that with me. And so um, it's like every morning checking in and anything that's high stakes, if I'm going and doing a photo shoot, same thing. And it, then it spills over into my professional life. If I'm getting ready to present on a panel, I go through a very similar version of this. So um, I'm checking in, I'm seeing what's there, and then I'm going through a routine that basically grounds me in my body, uses some movement, reframes any thoughts that are negative or critical or getting in the way uh, in order to be set up for what I have to do that day. And, you know, if I'm just like out on the mountain and going to jump off a cliff or do some line and, you know, it's, it's a mini version of that, just sort of like, um, right. Grounding my mind and my body, really, that's what helps me put the, the thoughts and what can be distracting aside. It's just like, boom, something I feel mm -hmm. and then I can go. So you have really come up with this way to become really present in the different moments of your life. So not just in your sport, but this is something you potentially, you carry into your photo shoots, your, your trainings with your own clients. And also it's become part of the routine yeah. of your life. It sounds like. Definitely. And I, I see my sports mountain biking and skiing where this kind of living metaphor that then I could take that framework and overlay it on the other areas of my life that were important to me. But, you know, still I'll just, I'll wake up in the morning and I do a quick check in laying in bed of 
how's my body feeling? Can I even feel my body? Because sometimes I'm not very grounded. Um, and then kind of what do I need to set me up for my day? Some of that key affirmations or reframing of something. Um, yeah, so it's kind of like this combination of tangible, physical, and the mental reframing that I just do in the morning. And then, yeah, sets the tone for my day. Yeah, sets the tone up for no matter what it is that you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause for me and maybe a lot of athletes, it's like the athletic life comes easier. Like some of the harder stuff is the moments of your life when you're, you're back home or you're at work, you know? So yeah, it's useful for all of it. How do you help yourself get through, you know, I'm sure there's been a few crashes on the bike, on the skis. How do you push through setbacks? clean up I guess after a event that doesn't go well it's it's sort of a version of my pre-event routine of how do I shake this off how do I let myself know that it doesn't mean anything about me and and in skiing and mountain biking I mean you had to do it pretty quickly because there was another stage coming up or there was another run coming up so I couldn't linger and dwell on what went wrong it was maybe a quick shake it off but then back in that pre again like what gets me set up to perform at my highest because I just have to do it all over again now <laughs> right what does a quick shake off look for like for you potentially I mean different athletes have their different ways I actually am too resilient in that I'll just bounce right back up and crash and I'm back on my bike or I'm back on my skis and I'm doing it all over again I broke my ribs and then just jumped back up on the lift and then realized that I was injured, you know, as I was heading up. And so, um, for, for me, I'm really good at just blocking it out, get right back on that horse. But where I have a little work to do is being too resilient in, as in like not taking the learnings or not taking the time to attend to the fact that I'm injured or that, you know, myself, um, sense of self might be a little injured because I just had a bad race or took a hit. Uh, I think that kind of care and cleanup, I could, um, add a little bit more uh, mm -hmm. when resilience is kind of getting overplayed. So yeah, that's interesting. That idea of being too resilient yeah. and without the check-in. Yeah. And yeah, well, I was just thinking to your point of how automatic, I mean, I am realizing trying to articulate this is tricky because it is these things that are so, um, so well practiced that it's really quick and instant and I don't have to think about it. And so to break it down, I think to do that really quick, resilient recovery, it's similar to how I set my mind. I mean, I'm not letting myself get hung up on the thoughts. They're basically blocked out. They're not let in or, you know, they're there. And then I'm letting go of them pretty quickly. Um, and I'm really staying in what's present and what can be felt or what can rally me to go forward, something positive, um, something I love, something that's fun. Uh, but yeah, it, it can get overplayed too. Yeah. Yeah, even, even for you at the absolute highest level of competition possible in your sports, and being a mindfulness practitioner, it just shows that this is work that 
-hmm. it's not like we just check it off and okay, we got it. It's, it's like in all of the moments of our, of our lives to keep building the strength and the skill because we can quickly get onto autopilot, especially when we know something like your sport so well, um, mm-hmm. but having that checklist kind of that you described to go back to. Yeah. Yeah. It's a constant cleanup, <laughs> like, you know, it's like the daily maintenance that's never ending because yeah. it's always changing what I'm trying to manage and hold. Yeah. Yeah. Those yeah. moments change at, moment to moment is different and your, your one crash is going to be different from the last one or the one run that you just took that one line which seemed like one thing yesterday is now something totally different right and there's I think a compounding effect too you know of um and so that's where I think the maintenance is really important so it's not like I took this big hit even if I don't feel afraid something in my body responded to something that was physically traumatic. And so if I don't deal with that, if I don't clean it up the next time I fall, maybe not even as bad that's in there. If it hasn't been intended to. That's right. You brought up positivity briefly, just a couple minutes ago. How does being positive help you in your sport? It related so much to that. My strength was being resilient um, and also being positive. You know, I was always looking for the learning out of something tough and had this really strong sense of me and my capability being able to get through whatever, you know, was thrown my way. So um, I did that by lingering and in my mind, the really good stuff. Like I would actually in high school, I remember, kind of like think of, oh, a a week ago, a month ago, what was I doing? And like, really, what event was that? And loving and actually feeling how um, sort of nostalgic, kind of reminiscing of these markers in my life that felt really good when I, you know, bringing them back to mind. Um, And then also when I didn't have the result I wanted, you know, or um, got injured, I was looking for the growth in that, you know, I, I actually have, I was uh, featured in a documentary about ski racing when I was 16, 17. And so I have these video journals that I can see, which is pretty, pretty special. And I, you know, watched myself as a 16 year old saying, um, it's okay that I didn't get that good result because you don't actually want to peak. You just, you know, I, I, cause if you peak, you have to go down I want to get to a really high level and then I actually want to plateau. So I was always trying to offer myself that support, that positive thinking that would allow me to keep doing what I did in a hard environment that, you know, it could be counted on was not always going to go my way. Like that's the thing about these sports is one person wins and then there's like a hundred other competitors that were not in first place. And so I got really good at um, picking myself up and, and providing the positivity that kept me in it, loving it and going forward. So great. It's so amazing that you can see yourself at 16. <laughs> I know. That was a characteristic yeah. that you've carried with you. Yeah. And the interesting thing is that it really, these strategies lasted, which is pretty, was amazing to see that um, because I had some really great coaches 
and at the same time, nobody was training my mind in the way that you and I are doing that now. You know, I encountered maybe one sports psychologist kind of right at the very end of high school that I was working with, but we were just told go and do essentially, you know, yeah. I mean, we were, I, yeah, basically in speed events going down the hill in you know, our little speed suit, uh, as fast as you're driving down the highway, essentially, and then going over jumps. And somehow we knew, you know, if you, like I had this mantra of if I, ski, if you ski afraid, you're more likely to get hurt. So it was just like, you can't be afraid. Fear is not an option when you're racing and you don't pull yourself out of races. You're just, you're doing it. So how do you not let fear interfere with your mindset when you're in the start gate? So somehow me and the athletes around me were coming up with these things that worked and um, yeah, there's still kind of what I am now teaching to others and what I'm relying on still as an athlete. Yeah, those little mantras that you build along the way. I mean, I remember, you know, being told, Oh, you know, suck it up or you've got this, you know what to do. It's like, Okay. I think I know what to do and I'm going to do just what I do, but you're right. Like we're not exactly given the tools to manage these, these. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that was how it happened. We were given, you know, coaching kind of back in the day was you were given the mantra at least, and then you figured it out. Mm -hmm. But um, now we know that there's actually these methodologies to train the way to these things. without just figuring it out. But I had one coach when I was um, training with the national development system, kind of the feeder into the US ski team who said, he told all of us girls, you know, it's, it's, you fake it till you make it. It was kind of that recognition that you're at the very start of your career. There's, you're racing against the college D1 girls, you're racing against the US ski team girls. you just kind of put this on and eventually you're going to step into it. So that was really powerful. Yes. Yes. Imagining yourself or putting yourself in those shoes, like living into, I'm a, I am a top skier. And then yeah. you show up in this way. It's, I mean, not just like that, but with, with yeah. this awareness and intention really of this, is what I want to do. Uh, so as we just wrap up our time together, I would love to hear from you. What would you say is your secret weapon as an athlete? Coming back, you know, as I said, sort of this like second chance in a career. The thing that I wish I had earlier is that at the deepest level, the deepest, deepest, like I realized just two years ago, summers ago, when I was heading to Whistler competing on the Enduro World Series that I I don't actually believe in myself or I didn't. And I gone this long period of time. Um, I faked it pretty well. I did a lot of things. I achieved a lot of things that I'm proud of, but uh, just as you were saying, you really have to believe that you belong there. Um, and deep belief, like not belief that I belong there when I'm winning, but I don't when I'm losing. It's like, no, that's too fragile, a sense of self. It's something core. And no matter how this goes, I know that I belong in this sport, that I am good at the things I'm good at, that I love this sport for the reasons I do. You know, something more enduring 
is really important. And so I'm just learning that now. And luckily I still get to play with this stuff and, and use it on my sport. But, yes. Yeah. Someone had used the term, um, own your power and, you know, owning who we are, like the good, the good, the, the tough days, all of it. Like you're saying, like all of our, all of who we are as an athlete is so key because yeah. that is what it is. That's what it is to be an athlete. You don't just show up and you're the best at what you do just like that. Right. Or even when you are, you still have bad days. And right. yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much, Sasha. What a pleasure to talk to you and hear a little bit more about how you bring in mindfulness and understanding your own emotions and how they show up in, in your highest level of, of sport. And I think that so much can be, you have so much to share with, with young athletes. Um, so thank you so much for just this short time with us. Absolutely. Thanks, Sarah. It's always fun to get to chat with you about this. Thank you everyone for joining us today on the Focused Athlete Podcast. We would love to stay connected, so please follow us on Instagram at EI underscore focus, on Facebook at EI Focus, on our LinkedIn page at EI Focus, and for lots more information and upcoming events, www.eifocus.org. Thank you so much and see you at the next podcast.